This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome listeners. We're delving into Perak Tzadik Hay in this class. Tzadik Hay is a beautiful parak that we all know. It's the parak of Lechunaranana, the parak that we start off our beautiful holy Shabbos with. This parak is dedicated to Rus Bas Sarah, that she should find her Shidduch very, very soon. She's an extraordinarily special person. She should find an amazing husband, Bekaru. So Parak Tzadik Hay is written by Moshe Rabbeinu. He composed 11 prakim in Tehillim, and this is one of them. This is the sixth of the 11th prakim that Moshe composed. So I want to just give you a little bit of background here to Kabbalah Shabbos. Kabbalah Shabbos was compiled by Rav Moshe Cordovero, who was a great Kabbalistic leader of 16th century Tzvas. And he took six prakim of Tehillim, and he put them together into Kabbalah Shabbos, and this was the first one that he put in. This is the first parak that we say when we're starting Shabbos. So the first part of this parak, just to give you an overview, is Moshe Rabbeinu is calling out to all of us, come quickly, let's sing Hashem's praises, let's thank Him, let's acknowledge Him as the sole creator and the guiding force of the universe. And the second part, it's kind of like divided up here a little bit, the second part is Moshe giving us basically his cautionary tip. And what he's instructing us here is he's saying, do not be like the Jews in the desert, the Jews that I'm dealing with, who are super stubborn, who are seeing the most unbelievable open miracles, and yet constantly complaining about Hashem and saying, Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu, is there a God amongst us? Like seriously, right? How how t- how crazy is that? They saw Matan Torah, they saw Kriyas Yamsov, they saw, they got water out of a rock, they had mun falling, they had every unbelievable miracle that anyone could ever dream of, and yet Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu, they were questioning if there was a God amongst them. So Moshe's cautioning us, and he's telling us we need to be the opposite of that. We need to be bo'u nishtachaveh v'nichra'a nivracha l'fnei Hashem oseinu. If we want to get where we want in life, if we want to get out of our personal and collective wilderness, out of our troubles, into a place of salvation, we have to bo'u nishtachaveh, we have to prostrate ourselves. In other words, completely surrender our idea of what we think is the right thing, of what we want in our life, to surrender it to Hashem who actually knows best, knows what's best for us and is seeking to constantly bring us what's best for us. So the Jews in the desert did not do this. They were complaining. Everything was a problem. But we're instructed here to be the opposite of that, to, to recognize that what we want, if we're not getting it right now, because it's because it's not what's best for us, and to surrender what we think to the will of Hashem. So the concept of surrendering is something that I want to talk about here in this parak. We're going to see various examples of what it means to surrender. And we're going to see that it has far-reaching ramifications. What do I mean? So besides the fact that surrendering our will to the will of Hashem de-stresses us and puts us in a place of deep contentment and a real like soul happiness, besides for that, it also helps us draw in what we want in our life. So we spoke about the key tools of manifestation. 
the key things that we need, the ingredients that we need to help bring about the things that we want in our life to go in the direction that we want to be going in. And we said that Ratzon is the first key ingredient, activating a desire first for what exactly I want, getting clear on that desire, being all on board with that desire. And we also spoke about belief that actually really, really, truly believe Shalim, believing you could have what you want, is another ingredient that's essential. And yet sometimes we have those two essential key ingredients, but we're still stuck. But we're still not getting to where we want to go. Now I want to enlighten you that often a reason why we may still be stuck is because we're holding on too tight. We're looking at that thing that we want, that thing that we need, and we're saying, that's all I want, and I'm not accepting anything else, and it has to happen now, and it has to be that, and we get obsessive over feeling like we know what we need and needing it right now. And that is called having an attachment to a certain result. When we have an attachment to a certain result, it creates an energy of desperation and panic in us, and it basically, literally pushes away that which we are wanting to draw in. So for example, a girl who wants to get into the seminary of her dreams, she has her mind set on that one place and she's not accepting anything else because that's going to bring her the best year and she knows that that's the best for her. Or a person who's saying, I want to make friends with that person and I'm going to make sure it happens because I know that's the person I need to be friends with. Or I know that that shirach is the one that I need for my child and I'm not going to rest until it gets done. When we get into this place of attachment to the results that we want, we end up doing a lot of things to sabotage ourselves. We get in our own way. We don't think, we're not being objective and calm and looking at what is the best way to approach this. Instead, we're, we're feeling desperate. So we're doing the first thing that comes to mind. And people smell this desperation from a mile away and they stay far away from us. And... Being attached is basically telling Hashem, I know best. I don't need your help. I know what I need. And I'm, and it's closing yourself off from all the things that may be even better for you that he's trying to send your way. Because what happens is, if you know that you want that certain shidduch, right, there may be other opportunities out there that are calling your name that you're not even listening to because you think you know what's best. So being attached to results is detrimental in trying to get to where we want to go. But when we're able to detach from the result that we think we must have and trustingly place the result in Hashem's hands and move on with our life, obviously doing our hishtadlas, but with the energy of everything is working out in the best way and I can move on with my life, that's often when things end up coming together. Did you ever know? Did you ever notice like when a person is looking for a shirach or a couple's trying to have a child, very often when they're in that state of panic and desperation, that's when nothing's happening. That's when they're stuck and they're spinning their wheels in the mud. But when they finally realize, let's just let go because it's not in our hands, and they move on with their life and they're in a softer, calmer place, that's when things end up coming their way. So all this is very, very true, and I think we all recognize the truth of it, but it's easier said than done. So I personally have been dealing with a specific attachment recently and a colleague of mine was coaching me on it. I wanted to get past it and she coached me on it. Coaching is something I'm going to talk about a little bit at the end of our class today. 
I want to give you a little insight into coaching because it is it is so effective, so real, so life-changing, and I'm passionate about getting people coached. So I'm going to talk about it a little at the end of the class today. But basically, she was coaching me on it, and she used such an amazing tool that really helped me detach from that thing that I was holding on to so tight. And I want to share that tool with all of you, so hopefully we could all get to that place of detachment and have an easier time drawing in what we want. So first, let's look into our Parak Tzadik, Hey, Pasuk Aleph. L'chu Hashem. Let's get up, let's go quickly, and let's sing praises to Hashem. Moshe is telling us here, leave your preoccupation with material concerns and worries and fears and join me in singing the praises of Hashem. And this is such a beautiful, fitting way of starting off our holy Shabbos. We're, you know, this is exactly what Shabbos represents. We're leaving our mundane lives. We're shutting everything down. Work, phone calls, shopping, anything that we were busy with. And we're enveloping ourselves into the Holy Spirit of Shabbos. Pasuk Beis. Nekad mafanav besoda bizmiros narialo. Let's thank him. Let's praise him. Okay, so he's encouraging all of us to enter into Shabbos by looking back at the six days of creation symbolized by the six prakim that we say in Kabbalah Shabbos, the six prakim of Tehillim that Moshe Cordovero put into Kabbalah Shabbos. We're looking back at those six days of creation and we're praising and thanking Hashem for all that he does for us. Pasuk Gimel, Kikel Gadol Hashem, Umelech Gadol Al Kol Elohim. Hashem is a Melech on all of the Elohim here means Malachim, all of the Malachi Asharis that he put in charge of different parts of the world, all of the leaders that we have in our world, the kings and the prime ministers and the presidents. So here's another, you know, here's the reason not to worry or fear or be anxious about the president that we're going to be having because Melech Gadol al Kalalohim, ultimately he's going to call all the shots no matter who the president is. So here we're continuing with the praise of Hashem and we're saying you're in charge of all of the rulers and, and all of the mysteries, the mechkare aretz, mechkare is an investigation, all of the things that we're trying to figure out in the world, that we're investigating, all the, like, how is this possible, and why is that like this, and what, what, how is, how is, how does that make any sense? All of those things are biyado, are all in his hands. So we're saying here, we're specific, we're getting specific on one of these mechkare arets. We're getting, we're talking specifically about the yam and the yabasha here. And we're saying one of the things that kind of makes no sense, that's like a mystery, and that we don't really even consider, is the fact that there is dry land that we are living on. Because when creation started, the, the world was covered with water. But then, of course, Hashem needed to have a place for humans to walk around and live on. So he took all the water and he piled it up in neat little piles. And he made, you know, oceans and rivers and ponds and lakes. And the rest of the earth is dry land so that we could all live on it. Let's think about the amazing miracle of this that we are living with every second that we say there's no open miracles these days how is this not an open miracle think about it water 
travels. Water does not, the teva, the nature of water is it does not stay in one place. It leaks into everywhere. It's like putting water into one place and having it not move is like telling a little toddler who just started crawling around, honey, sit here on the couch and don't move. I'm working now. I'm busy. Please do me a favor. I don't want you getting into any of my things. Just stay where you are, right? Would that happen? That couldn't happen. So how is it that we could go walk to the beach and look at the beautiful ocean and just stand there and feel confident that the water is not going to come rushing over our heads any moment, right? It's pretty incredible. So this is one of the praises that we're offering Hashem. This is one of his mechkare aretz, one of his unbelievable, you know, wonders of the world. Pasuk vav. Let, so in light of all this, in light of the fact that Hashem is in charge of all the rulers, that He's in charge of all the mysteries and, and the water and the everything in nature and all the miracles around us, let us prostrate ourselves. Let's recognize how small we are, you know, in comparison with Hashem and how He's so omnipotent. And let's just totally surrender to his will. Now, if we look at the words here, you know, how do we bow down? Let's think about Yom Kippur. We bow down, we fall onto our knees, then we bow the top half of our body, and then we fall down to the ground. But here, the order is completely reversed. Here it's saying, I'm on the ground, and I bow, I kneel. So it's going like from the ground up, but that's not the way we bow. We bow starting from standing up, to falling down. So Rav Hirsch explains that the order is not wrong here. The order is deliberately like this to teach us a lesson. And what it's trying to tell us here is that if we want to rise up in our life, to attain what we want, to attain true greatness, then the first step is to prostrate ourselves, surrender everything to Hashem. Yes, of course, we have our amazing tools to manifest the things that we want. Hashem gives us kochos to use, to channel things in the right way so that we can have bechira and create the lives that we want. However, the first step underlying all of it has to be hishtachavaya, hakol b'schos hishtachavaya. Everything happens in the schos of complete surrender. You first need to be in an energy of knowing that I know nothing and that I'm surrendering everything I think I know to Hashem, and I'm accepting and allowing whatever He brings into my life. So this is such an important topic, and this is why it says it backwards. First, bo nishtachavah. First, I'm going to be prostrated on the ground, and then I'm going to go into a bowing position, and then I'm going to go even more upright to a kneeling position. The rising up follows immediately after the prostration, says Rev Hirsch. So I want to understand exactly how to do this, how how we could step back from our attachments to what we think we need and leave room for Hashem to do it better. Pasuk Zayin. Ki hu elokeinu va'anachnu amariso b'tzon yado. So we're saying here that, you know, why does it make sense to bow and surrender to Hashem? Basically, we're answering here. Why does it make sense to have that sense of prostration? Ki hu elokeinu va'anachnu amariso. We're like his sheep. Yes, there is a tremendous amount that we could do and accomplish, and we should reckon, we must recognize the powers that we were given. But at the end of the day, we have no clue what's right for us. 
We have no clue where we're going, and we're completely dependent on him. Just like you think of a little sheep that has no idea where it's going. It has no clue where it's being led. It doesn't know where the best place is to graze. It has no idea about anything. It's completely reliant on its shepherd. Now, especially now, during the time that we're dealing with with Corona, you know, someone could be making a wedding in a week from now, and, and they have no clue. They don't know if the wedding is going to be in a beautiful hall or in a neighborhood pizza shop. They're totally clueless. So we're coming now, we're, we're mamish face to face with the, 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 I don't know if sheepishness is the right word here, but with the fact that we are really like we're, we're sheep in the hands of the shepherd. Now, the second part of the parak is coming up here in Pasuk Ches, where Moshe is cautioning us. Don't takshu is like an action. It's like, don't be stubborn. Don't, don't harden your heart. Um, and be like that generation in the desert who argued and complained. They were, they were, they were testing Hashem in the Midbar. Pasuk test continues with this idea. Even though they saw pa'ali, my actions, they were constantly testing me. Pasuk yud. For 40 years, I was provoked by that generation. We were on bad terms. Now the Ibn Ezra explains that through most of the 40 years in the desert, Hashem did not communicate with Moshe, even though Moshe spoke to Hashem panim al panim. During those 40 years in the desert, for most of that time, there was no communication between them. Why? Because a prophet is only granted his prophetic vision through the merit of the people that he's representing. And since the people were quarreling with Hashem, the channels of prophecy were being blocked. Hashem decided there's no point in me talking to them if they're not going to listen to me anyways. They're rebellious. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Asher Nishbati Va'api, that I swore in my anger in Yavon al-Manuchasi, that they should never come to my resting place. So Hashem is saying here, I, I did not let those Jews come into Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael was designed to be an abode of peace and tranquility and prosperity. But the Jews were saying Lashon Har about it. They were looking at it as a place of danger and as a place of death. Okay, so to conclude, we start off Shabbos by proclaiming Hashem as our King, proclaiming Him as the Creator of the universe, which is a fitting way to start off the day that comes after the six days of creation. And we're also given instructions on how to merit getting out of the wilderness that we are in, personally, collectively, out of the Golos. And we do this via Heshtachavaya, via a total subjugation of our own ideas, of our own worries to Hashem. So like we said, surrendering has big ramifications. Aside from having a calmer, happier life, we also open ourselves up to the blessings that Hashem wants to send us. So the million-dollar question, of course, that we're facing right now is how can we reach this state of surrender in our minds with greater ease? Now, we spoke last week about, I gave you an acronym, EASE, um, and the acronym was designed to help us visualize actually giving over in our minds our burden to Hashem. It's very, very effective in calming us and in reminding us that it's not all about us. It's not, you know, we're not, what we're doing is not everything. It's Hashem is running the show and just give it over to Him. It's a very calming technique. However, 
it's often not the whole picture. We often still find ourselves, even though we're mentally giving it over to him, we still find ourselves doing the things and feeling the feelings that signify to us that we're attached to the results that we're wanting. We're still too attached. And we can find ourselves stuck and not being able to move forward because of those attachments. So I want to share with you, like I said, on my personal coaching session, I did the acronym EASE. I was doing things to try to, you know, take myself to a place of detachment, but I still found myself doing some things that showed me that I was still attached. So I want to share what my coach did with me because it really did make a big difference. And um, so let, let me give you the steps that we went through together. Okay, so first, obviously, you know, we, you pick an area of your life. You're going to pick any area of your life that you are feeling attached and desperate about. So, for example, let's say you just started your own business in your basement. You're selling beauty products and, and you need to make money. You know, your bills are coming in and things are, you're not able to catch up with things and you really, really need to make money and you need to make it fast. So you need to attract those customers and your rut zone is high and your belief is high, but you're, you're, you're stuck and you just like feel like you're constantly banging your head against the wall. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is explore what are the attached actions and feelings? In other words, what am I doing or feeling that is showing me that I'm attached? How do I know that I'm too desperate here, that I'm too connected with I must have what I want? So you're going to basically make a list. So this person, let's say, would write down, well, I know that I'm attached to having my customers coming right now because I have obsessive thoughts and worries about it all day. I can't get it out of my head. And it's giving me anxiety. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling anxious. Um, maybe she's thinking constantly all day, brainstorming. Who could I call? Who could I reach out to? Constantly sending out emails and text messages. Constantly thinking about how she could advertise. Uh, maybe she's constantly checking her phone to see, is, are any customers reaching out to me, checking her emails all the time. So she's going to write down, what are the things that I'm doing? What are the things that I'm feeling? I call it here the attached actions and feelings that um, are showing me that I'm too attached to the results. And then after you, you know, just even just doing that, just becoming mindful of this, of all the places in your life that are being affected because of your attachment, that serves to loosen the attachment already because it makes you realize, wow, my life is really being negatively affected by this and it's not even working, right? How often do we find that we plug away at something, we try, we try, we try, the minute we walk away, like we said, right? We gave an example of this before. The minute we walk away, bam, it comes into our life. It's not, Hashem is showing us, it's not a result of your frantic efforts. I know what's in your heart and I'm going to bring it to you in the best time and in the best way. You think it's going to come as a result of your advertisements and your phone calls and your emails? It's not, right? So just, recognizing, wow, look at all these efforts that I'm doing and they're taking me nowhere, kind of already makes you realize now it's probably time for me to surrender it and just kind of like let Hashem do His thing. So it loosens the attachment just even just by being mindful and noticing it. And then you're going to create a new plan. 
and your new plan is going to make more sense. It's going to it's going to be better for you. You're going to feel good about it. It's going to allow you to go on with your life knowing that you're doing whatever you need to be doing, but also feeling free and feeling light and feeling trusting. So what you're going to do with your new plan is you're going to decide Instead of doing the default of just doing all those things that my desperation is telling me to do, you're going to make a conscious decision. What makes sense for me to do here? What could I do that will make me feel like I'm doing enough effort so that I know I'm doing my part and then I could just relax and leave the rest up to God? So for, so you're going to write, let's say, take a pen and paper, where you know, the same place where you wrote your attached actions and feelings, and make your new plan. Maybe you're going to make a list of ideas of how to get customers, and you'll say every day of the week, in the morning, I'll do one of them. Or two days of the week, from 9 to 10 o'clock, I'm going to work on this. Make, uh, designate what your hishtalos is going to be in advance. Predetermine it. And then, any other time that you're feeling an itch to do something, to make things happen, use that itch. And we all know what that itch is. Use that itch to alert you to the fact that it's time to bring in your mantra, right? I, I'm so, I'm such a fan of mantras because it's such an amazing way to become conscious of what's going on in your mind and really like very actively change the thoughts going through your head. So bring in your mantra. Like we said, when I gave you the acronym of EASE, we gave, you know, in our minds, we gave our problems to Hashem. And then we, we said something at the end. The E at the end is express. We expressed our feelings of like, ah, now I can relax. So whatever speaks to you, whatever opens you up, pick that sentence and say it. Say, Hashem is my manager. Designate Hashem as your manager. He's my assistant. He's my advertising agent. He's everything that I need. And he knows how to do it better than me. And he doesn't need my help. I'm just doing what I'm meant to be doing. But he doesn't really need my help. And he's doing it in a better way than I could ever dream. Say one sentence that sums up this type of idea. And say that mantra every time you feel that itch to do more effort that is going overboard over what you already had predetermined that you're going to be doing. Okay, so just to review, come up with, you know, decide in your mind, what is this thing that I'm attached to? Determine what are the attached actions and feelings and make a list of it. And then create your new plan and your new mantra. So before I end, I just want to, you know, tell all of you that, as you know, I am currently coaching clients and really helping them turn their lives around for the better. And it's so important for me to just let all of you know what coaching is all about, because personally, um, I found it to be the most effective, practical, targeted tool um, that really took me to where I wanted to get to, that's taking me where I want to go. And I'm seeing so much success with it, Baruch Hashem, for myself and for my clients. So I'm really passionate about getting people coached. And so if you're dealing with a specific issue or if you just want to make the most out of the life that you have, I want you to know that I sincerely care about all of you. And I, I want to let you know what coaching is all about so you can make your educated decision if it's something that you want to try. And so I'm, I want to announce that I'm offering 30-minute free sessions to anyone, any of you who are listening to me now on Torah anytime or anywhere else. 
you could reach out to me, yalbertram.com, on my website. Go to contact, uh, reach out to me, and request your free session. I obviously have limited space for these free sessions, but it is so important to me to spread the word about coaching. So please do, if you feel like you want to try it, don't hesitate to reach out to me. If I can't get to you, I'll put you on a waiting list, and hopefully, Mr. Shem, soon I'll be able to get to you. So I just want you to know that in this 30-minute free session, I'm going to help you to do three three major things that you may not have ever got to this place even in 20 sessions in the past. So the three things that I'm going to help you with in that 30-minute session is I'm going to help you get clear on exactly what it is that you're wanting. I'm going to help you uncover, you're going to uncover the blockages, the key blockages that are preventing you from getting to that vision that you're wanting. And I'm going to give you a practical tool to help you start out on the path towards the direction you're going in. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me and thank you all for listening.